the one I pick. <laughs> and by the way, I, I don't, I'm not going to say either, so I, I'm sorry to disappoint. That was an amazing uh, couple of songs. I really loved it. So interesting. Almost, I, probably three or four different speakers have already talked about the polyvagal theory. Um, and they mentioned it and stuff, and now what we're going to do is we're going to do a deep dive for 25 minutes. We're going to do a deep dive into the polyvagal theory, because I think the polyvagal theory has so much implication to what it is that we do. Now, I happen to focus on kids. It's my thing. I've been doing this for 30-something years, but polyvagal really applies to so many other things. And essentially, it all boils down to this. Energy flows where intention goes. Right? That's really what everything is boiling down to. And my intent is to create a Kyle Kid world with a polyvagal intentionality. And how are we going to do that? Here's an example. <clears throat> Child on the left, when I first met him, this is day one. Right? On the spectrum, four years old, 100% nonverbal. A couple of months later, oh, well, <clears throat> he's actually saying, have a nice day, right? Unbelievable, unbelievable. And you know what's even more cool is it's not just the fact that he's talking, it's the fact that now he's going up to mommy and daddy and giving them a hug, right? So if you have a child who has never hugged you before and suddenly becomes so socially engaged that they want to hug you, that's huge. Especially if you're a mom and dad who's never had that hug before and are always wondering, does my kid love me? Yes, they do love you, right? And here's, I don't know if we can sound like this one. Um, let's see. Oh, man. Oh, here it is. Six-year-old on the spectrum, when I first met him, echolalia. Echolalia is just repeat words, whatever you just, hi, hi, bye, bye, nothing else. All of a sudden, he comes in one day after about three months of care or so, and comes up to this word that's sitting on our uh, on our uh, shelf there, and just starts spelling D R E, and he's singing it. So we didn't know he knew how to spell, we didn't know he knew how to sing, and we didn't know he would talk independently aside from echolalia, right? But this is the polyvagal theory in action. That's what I want to discuss with you today. And here he is in eleventh grade, all straight A's. Are completely amazing, right? It's just just watching this, which is so. So a couple of years ago, uh, the CDC put out numbers that uh, autism is one in forty-four, but then not anymore. Now the autism rate, according to a couple of months ago study from the CDC, says one in thirty-six kids eight years old have autism. That's four percent of the boys in our country. Um, what this is showing us, if you think about the, everything that's going on, what we're really seeing is this. We're seeing one in five children are gonna have a mental health disorder that are born today. One in five. That's $247 billion, that's with a B, $247 billion worth of money spent on these kids, whether they have autism, ADHD, learning disorders, Tourette's, tics, anxiety, depression, the list goes on and on. Back in 2010, 
I was at ICPA seminar, I don't know if Justin somewhere, <coughs> or Peter, uh, I was at ICPA seminar, and some speaker mentioned the polyvagal theory. And I was like, what, what is that? I gotta read this book. So I went out and I got the book, and I was floored at the chiropractic implications to this psychology theory. So I became the first person to write a paper about the polyvagal theory and have it published in the chiropractic literature back in 2016. And what I did is I read the book, I applied some of the principles of the polyvagal theory with several kids on the spectrum, saw even more remarkable results like the ones I just showed you now, and that's how I published this paper. So what is the polyvagal theory? For those of you who are somewhat unfamiliar, the old paradigm is that the autonomic nerve system works like a balance, like this. It's the parasympathetic system is on, sympathetic is off, and vice versa, just like this. This is what Dr. Forges came up with. He realized that the ventral vagus and the dorsal vagus actually have two completely different systems that they're working on. What we know of as the dorsal vagus is the vagus that controls most of the stuff below the diaphragm. So all your rest and digest that we're taught you know, here in, in school, and I teach at Life University, so that's what we teach there. However, ventral vagus, the ventral vagus, is the, the safe and connection and social engagement portion of the vagus. So what it is, the autonomic system is not a balance, it's a hierarchy, it's a ladder. And what we need to understand is, where is that child, or adult for that matter, but where is that child on that ladder? Are they in freeze, fight or flight, or as I call it, friend? Here's an example of freeze. Here's a frog on our hot tub, and I'm about to knock him off the hot tub, and the stick is right by his nose, and he's not moving because his dorsal vagus is going like this, and so he's motionless. Even though the stick is right in front of his face, he won't do anything until I actually push him. That's the freeze response. Squirrels live in a big, our big wooded you know, backyard, but if I open the deck door, they go, right? That's the sympathetic nerve system, right? So we have the, the freeze is the frog, the flight is the squirrel, but then we have neuroception. We have neuroception. So if you come across this particular bear as you're walking through Yosemite or wherever you happen to be, you're not gonna say, is this my friend? Should I go pet him, right? You're gonna either freeze like this and freak out or you're gonna run like hell, right? That's neuroception. Neuroception is, this is a, a term that Dr. Porges coined. Neuroception is our body is constantly sensing, is this safe, is this safe, is this safe? So right now, your bodies are sitting in this room and you feel pretty safe. So probably most of your neuroception is saying, I feel pretty safe, I feel pretty safe. But if we heard something loud, like this, and you didn't know that was me doing it, right? You hear some low noise, right? That's your neuroception going, what was that, right? And that's how neuroception works. This is my beautiful wife and I. You can tell we feel safe. Right? Because um, you can look at our body language, right? You can look at our smile. You look at the orbicularis oculi around our eyes. You can, you can tell that we've been married for almost 32 years next week. You can tell the safety there, right? But 
Here's another situation. My wife and I are in National Park a couple weeks ago. We're walking and we see in the distance and both of us are going like this. And understand when, we, when we're looking at something that we can't figure out what we usually do, we go like this, right? This is a body posture of, I don't know if this is safe. This is why sitting on your phones like this all day long are constantly telling your body, I don't feel I'm safe. Do you get that? Do you get that people? And then you see the young teenagers like this on their phones all the time. Their bodies are constantly saying, I'm not safe, I'm not safe, I'm not safe, I'm not safe. Right? So anyway, so we're, we're walking and we're seeing this and I'm like, is that a snake? Yeah, and my wife is like, yep, that's a snake. It's a six foot copperhead. So you, we have to understand this because the question could be, is that just a stick, right? Or is it a snake? Now what's happening in this picture of this little cutie? So this is her birthday party. What do you think is happening at this exact moment during her birthday party? She's on the spectrum. They're singing happy birthday. 99% of kids, right, when someone sings happy birthday to them, they're like, oh, happy birthday to me, 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 right? She's freaking out. She's freaking out. Because to her, it's like chalk on a chalkboard. Like this kind of noise, right? Because her neuroception isn't working right. She does not perceive the things that you and I perceive as normal. What a kid on the spectrum does is they pay a lot more attention to the high pitch sounds and the low pitch sounds and they don't modulate, their hearing doesn't work very well in the mid-range, which is why a lot of kids in the spectrum, one of the first things that parents notice is the, is the kids don't respond to their name. Johnny, Johnny, John, John, hey, hey, John, John. And it's, they start snapping their fingers and clapping their hands, and then they turn and look, and why do they turn and look? Because of the high-pitched sound and the snapping of a low-pitched sound of clapping, right? So this is what's happening with this little munchkin here. The autonomic nerve system is a ladder. So what happened is she started at her birthday party up here, feeling okay, right? But then as she started, as I started singing, she went here, so she started putting her hands over her ears like this, and then she froze and went into dorsal vagus, right? Do you see how this can be applicable to what we do? If you start looking at this from a chiropractic lens, like Porges, that was not his intent when he first created this stuff, but I'm showing you the intent, taking this and changing it to where it could be. I want you to get what's happening here in, in what he, Dr. Porges calls a blended state. A blended state means, in one to, listen to this, in one to lie face down on your adjusting benches, that's actually a pretty vulnerable position, right? So they have to blend their ventral vagus, which is, I'm okay with this, with their dorsal vagus, which is to freeze at the same time. Let me tell you something. If you take care of a lot of kids on the spectrum, especially the, the more challenged kids on the spectrum, lying face down is gonna be really hard because they lose vision. So you lose vision, you lose safety in their, in their brains, right? <clears throat> Here's an example of how lying down is okay. So when you have kids that think it's okay, they'll lie down face down, and this is fine because their ventral vagus are working great. So, the, and this was mentioned before, Kevorkian and, um, and Lynn Gerner mentioned this, safety is the treatment, is the way Dr. Porges puts it. Safety is the treatment. So when you're dealing with kids on the spectrum, your number one priority, your priority number one, is for you to make that child feel safe in your practice. It is not to do everything. Let me, let me tell you something that's really interesting. That this is from Webster, actually. You don't have to adjust everything you find. 
you don't have to adjust everything you find. You adjust what needs to be adjusted at that visit to make them feel safe. Same thing with your exam. You don't have to do all your tests. Like I have a, I'm, a, I'm into functional neurology, <clears throat> like Dr. Uh, uh, Lerner, Herman, Herman. I'm into functional neurology. Interesting. I just had this perception that someone was behind me. How did I know that? Neuroception. That's my neuroception. I'm walking this way, and all of a sudden I turn this way because I felt something. That's neuroception, right? So you just, I, there's, thank you guys, perfect illustration. Don't show my bald spot. <laughs> what was I talking about? Safety is human. I was talking about that, right? Uh, next slide. Okay. So, this is Dr. Porter's latest book, Polyvagal Safety. Phenomenal book. <clears throat> In it, he talks about this concept called retuning. I love that he used the concept retuning because to me, what that relates to is Didi Palmer. What did Didi say in, the first, in his first textbook, right? Chiropractic is founded on tone. Tone, tune, right? We take the nerve system, like our goal is what I tell our patients. My goal, I don't make, I don't make pain go away. I don't treat autism. What I do is I make your nerve system or your kid's nerve system be the best it can be. Because I don't know what results can happen. If I have a mom say, hey, my kid's nonverbal, can, is he gonna speak? I don't know. That's, but that's not my job, right? My goal in writing goals, right? That's not my goal. My goal is to say, make this kid speak. My goal is to make his nerve system work the best it can. And how that will manifest, it's up to him and his little nerve system. <clears throat> so I'm offering this as an idea for you, God bless you, for you to do in your new patient exams. <clears throat> This was created by Deb Dana, one of Dr. Porges, like right-hand people. And what you need to do in your new patient exam, and especially every visit, is to say, where is this kid on their polyvagal like lens? Is the child in dorsal vagus? Are they like cowering behind mommy and daddy like this? Right? <clears throat> That's dorsal vagus, right? Are they Screaming like a banshee and throwing things and, and like super afraid, they're stuck in sympathetics. Or are they happy and drawing pictures for you and telling you I love you and giving you a high five the first visit? They're eventually based. That's how you replace them. And then you're going to adjust them based upon, or do the examination based upon where you place them, right? Because a kid here cannot receive the same adjustment, at least in my book, that a kid here or the kid here. So we have to think these three different levels, where are they, and what sort of adjustments, what sort of examination are we gonna do based upon where they fall on the polyvagal scale. <clears throat> so my goal is to create this chiarchy planet through polyvagal lens. Here's two examples. <clears throat> Child on the left, autism, four years old, no words. He, the first moment he came in, he started playing with his toy. From that point on, he would not move from this toy. For the first month, seeing three times a week, every four, four weeks, he would come in and be lying to the toy, and the cars go down, the cars go down, the cars go down. Same kind of typical repetitive behavior that you'll see with kids on the spectrum. After his first re-exam, all of a sudden he puts up the car, and he says, blue car. And it goes down, 
I'm like, huh? And I'm adjusting it. And I said, huh? And he picks up the red card. Red card. He's normalized now in normal school, seven years old, like totally. It's, not every kid gets that kind of result, right? I'm showing you the top of the top results. <clears throat> but I also want to talk about this young lady over here. <clears throat> One of the most challenged of children on the spectrum I've ever seen. This picture, she's looking in my eyes. The mom took this picture. It was the first time, according to the mother, that she looked at anybody else in the eyes except for the mother or the oldest daughter. The polyvagal theory in action. She did not want to get adjusted anywhere but this seat. She would walk in, sit on that seat. That's where we did our exam. That's where we did our report. That's where we did all of our adjustments. And because of we set up a place of safety, now she's like, I get you because you get me, right? It's not like lie down here, mom pulled her down. It's wherever you want, it's totally okay. <clears throat> this is co-regulating. Another word from Dr. Forges, co-regulating. So what's happening in this picture, you can see just like the picture of my wife and I, your big larynx oculi, the closeness, right, the body language, this is, this is immersed in like a co-regulating experience. These kids are co-regulated. The cool story about these munchkins is that the three of them are from three different families, started coming all around the same time, around five o'clock on um, Mondays, Wednesdays, and they started playing together, and now they're best friends, and they go to each other's birthday parties, and they meet at my office to go out together. It's the cutest thing. But look at the, look how just happy these kids are. You know, we, we want to make an office that's fun, right? So. Who, I'm a hockey player, so yeah, sure we play hockey in the office. You want to bring a hockey stick? We'll, we'll play hockey in the office. We want kids. We we want kids adjusting their dolls. So she's running a high volume practice right here. <laughs> <laughs> and how about two people working at once? Right? Let's get this done quicker. Right? Come on. And here's another high volume practice. I got two kids working on all, so this is the whole family getting adjusted. It's not just the five people in the family. It's, they bring all their little dolls and things and you know stuffed animals or whatever. This is, but this is, this is a polyvagal lens. This is like, I feel safe enough here to bring you all my toys for you to adjust them, right? We create an environment where sitting at our front desk becomes their job. So that these two kids, they come in and they run to the front desk and our front desk staff have to sit on the laps and they, they say, I'm working. I'm doing my work here, mommy. This is what we're doing. We want to create an office where kids give us gifts like this. Like this little one drew this for us and handed this to us and said, chiropractors are the best, right? Oh, like, this is chiro art. <laughs> one day this boy came in and he's doing this with his phone. And I'm like, what are you doing? And he said, I'm making Cairo art. And he showed me these pictures. I'm like, this is brilliant, right? This is great. I love that they're thinking that way, right? But that's the polyvagal theory in action. Ventral vagus, sympathetic, dorsal vagus, where are they? And when they, when they feel safe, all of a sudden anything is possible, right? Safety allows anything to be possible. Another kid at home, 
makes this card for me. He knows I do not like the Rangers or the Flyers, but he, but he made this, isn't that nice that he made this card for me at home and he gave it to me on April Fool's Day? Huh? <laughs> April Fool's. So chiropractors and chiropractic students, our goal is to create an environment that's an oasis of desert in a desert of negativity, right? Out there, polarized. Out there, negative. Our offices, safe. Our offices, trust, right? Our offices, give, love, serve, do, right? That's our offices. <clears throat> Where, I don't know if you can hear this. Is this gonna play through? There we go. I want the kids and their parents to feel it all over when they come into my practice, when they come into your practice. I want them to feel it, right? People come into my office, and they probably come into your offices too, and they probably say to you, I knew it when I walked in, this place was different. Like, yes, yes, because we created it that way. And it's not the walls, and it's not the procedures, and it's not the furniture, it's us in our brains having a polyvagal perspective to change the way people think about it so that they come into our office and they immediately feel safe. They immediately go into their ventral vagus, whether you're an adult or you're a kid or anything in between. So we want to embrace neurodiversity. We want, to, we want an office that no matter what this kid is doing, I don't care if the kid is crying, screaming, yelling, I don't care if they're shaking and flapping their hands like this, it's okay. We're not trying to stop them from doing anything. We're trying to make them the best that they can be. <clears throat> so what's your intention? What's your chiropractic dream? My dream is to help their dreams come true. That's my dream. My dream is to make their dreams come true. This one's gonna be a chiropractor. She told me that when she was five. She's 13 now. She just came to me the other day and she said, I have an idea, Dr. Rubin, for next summer. I said, what's that? She said, we're gonna make a chiro kid camp. She said, and I'm gonna be the counselor. <laughs> Done, sold. We've been writing this thing up ever since. Right, BJ Palmer from The Glory Going On, one of his last books. What greater joy, what greater joy can I have than to, than to watch these kids blossom, than you to watch the kids under your care blossom, to watch the pregnant mamas have amazing births, to watch all these people just become the person they could be, all be all they could be, right? The army, old army saying, right? That's what we really do, is we help people be all that they can be. <clears throat> and one of the ways that I love doing this, and something I suggest to all of you guys, podcasts. I just had a patient come in the other day <clears throat> and said to me, I know more about you than you do. As a brand new patient. I was like, huh? And she said, I've done my research. Right? I've listened to your podcast. I've gone on YouTube. I've read all your uh, published articles. I know all about you. And you are the person for my kids. You are the person for my kids. Podcasts give you authority. Podcasts give you authority. When you do something besides just your office and besides just Facebook things, when you start branching out and doing other things like podcasts, YouTube, those kind of things, it gives you authority. So I suggest to all of you guys, start doing your own podcast. Start getting involved in podcasts. <clears throat> I've been speaking for Dr. 
Stephen Porches, I speak for the ICPA. Get extra training, learn stuff. Learn st if, you, if kids, I, I'm talking to somebody before, if kids is your passion, then go for it. If sports, go for it. Dive into these things so to become the best that you can be. And we do intensives, just like they said they do here at the Bureau Clinic. We do intensives too. Why? All of you can do intensives. All of you can do intensives. Because the, the world needs what we got. It's desperate. It's desperate. So why don't we give everybody what we can give, right? Why don't we do all the things that we can? Because to me, the most important thing we have to do is protect our future by adjusting more kiddos and pregnant moms. Thank you so much.